Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the live LakersNation.com postgame show. The Lakers do lose to the Suns. I wish I didn't have to say the score. 123 to 94. Ouch. We're going to break down exactly what happened. The good and the bad. There were, yeah, there was some good, and we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Joining me, special guest, we've got Scorpio Sky from AEW. Man, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure, man. I, I, I've talked to you about it off air. I'm a huge fan of the show. I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, as we also said, I wish I could have come on after a victory, yes. but um, hey, you know, it's preseason. That's right. That's We're going to keep that in mind here as we go through everything. It is preseason. Everybody joining us, coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Periscope, welcome in. We're going to take your questions and comments. We'll sort through all of this together, and we'll talk about what we need to see change before opening night. It's coming up quick, October 19th. So with the Golden State Warriors coming up in just over a week, about a week and a half, the Lakers, they've got a lot to work on. And again, if you guys have questions and comments for us, make sure you're firing them off. I'm already seeing a lot of comments coming in, particularly from the YouTube side. And some of you are uh, are pretty fired up right now, which is what I was anticipating. But hey, before we dive into everything, if you listen to the podcast version of this, make sure you do follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We certainly do appreciate it. And on the LakersNation.com YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I've made it my goal to hit 400,000 subscribers before the season starts on the 19th. We're almost there. We're a few hundred away. So help me out. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. All right, let's dive into this. I guess first and foremost, let's talk a little bit. (laughs) Scorpio, let's talk about this. Russell Westbrook, what do we take away from his performance tonight? I mean, there were some flashes, but I can't get past... The turnovers, nine turnovers, eight points, nine turnovers on the night. He had six in his last outing. What is going on with Russ? You know, he had, like you said, he had six in his last outing, and he talked about it in the post game. And it seemed like he was going to get it together. And here we come right back with nine. I mean, it was passes out of bounds. It was really frustrating to watch. But at the same time, we have to be very patient because it, as simple as an excuse as it seems, it really just comes down to that Russ is getting used to playing with his yeah. teammates and his teammates are getting used to playing with him. He was hitting guys with passes that were good looks, but they just they come out of nowhere. He's so explosive. He drives to the basket and then out of nowhere, he's chucking that ball to whoever is nearby. So uh, I imagine with a little bit more time and training and uh, in practice, they'll be used to catching those. And, you know, by midseason, we're going to see some highlight plays. Yeah, see, there's and I think you hit the hit the nail on the head there. We've got some issues that we're seeing with Russell Westbrook in terms of pass shoot. When he's passing, when he's shooting, and his teammates are reading the opposite. When he's going to pass, his teammates are reading shoot, and they're preparing to get a rebound, and the pass suddenly gets thrown to them, and so they're trying to deal with that. Um, there's a timing issue, too, and this is something that uh, the Lakers Nation staff was talking about tonight in our in our big group text. As we're watching this game, we're talking about how Russ is just playing at a different speed than everybody else, and either everybody else needs to speed up Maybe he needs to slow down a little bit. Something is just off between Russ and the rest of the group, and maybe that's to be expected. Since he's so new, it's still preseason. There's, I mean, only three players coming back from last season, so chemistry, it's going to take time to develop. But there is right now a disconnect between Russell Westbrook and everybody else on the team. I do think it's going to get better. I sure hope so. It can only get better, right, after nine turnovers. 
Yeah, it can only get better. Uh, it, it's just going to take some time. Russ is a very different type of player. Um, and, and, you know, I compare a lot of stuff to fighting. When, you, uh, when you're getting ready for a fight, you know, boxers, MMA fighters, whoever it may be, you want to bring in somebody into your training camp who's going to be able to mimic the guy you're fighting so you can get used to that style. There aren't a lot of guys that mimic Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of his teammates have never seen these type of looks. So it's just going to take some time. Again, you know, we're, I believe we're in training camp now, right? Or, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's... it's you know, they've only had a few days to practice together, and it's just going to take time. We're going to have to be patient. There's going to be some very frustrating moments, even when the season starts. But we just have to keep in mind that this is a new team. And uh, we're, we're thinking the big picture, which is going to be playoffs. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we saw a few moments with Russell Westbrook where he was able to to kind of make that connection, right? We saw a drop-off pass to DeAndre Jordan that turned into a dunk. Um, so there's there's hope here, right? This is not a lost cause. This is not as much as you're going to hear people from other teams especially saying, see, this is just what Russ is. Anybody who was thinking that he could be successful as a Laker, that's just dumb. It can't happen. That Those takes are out there. But understand that he's so new. It's going to take time. This is not good. This is not a good thing. I didn't expect nine turnovers in a game, certainly. I didn't expect the disconnect to be this pronounced, but we knew that there were going to be some bumps in the road. So again, fall back on its preseason. This is a tiny sample size. Give it some time to click. Um, I did like that we saw Russell Westbrook taking and making threes. I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of people say he just can't do, which is, you know, he made, what, 31% of his threes last season. So you know he can at least make some of them. Not at a high enough clip, But still, he made a few threes tonight, so maybe that's one positive we can take away regarding Russ. Yeah, absolutely. If he has a good look, uh, especially if there's, you know, if that's the best look you can get out of that particular possession, I have no problem with Russ taking that three. We know he can make them. He's not going to make them at a high rate, but at the same time, he's not shooting six, seven, eight, nine, ten threes a game. You know, so it's not that big of an issue. You know, if he makes. Uh, you know, whatever the number is, 30% of them on low volume, I'm okay with that. Uh, what I really, really want to see is him lock in defensively. Mm-hmm. And I want to see him make Anthony Davis's job easier and specifically LeBron's job easier. Uh, in the offseason, all the talk was that they needed a difference-making playmaker. Um, and, you know, that's what Russell Westbrook is. So I want him to see, I want him to be able to make the other two superstars' jobs much easier. And I don't really care what Russ is. Uh, points are on the stat line whether he's scoring two or 25 uh, I just want better looks and easier looks for LeBron and AD you know that that's a great point in terms of the defensive effort that's going to be important and Russ was part of that unit that we saw in the second quarter that actually started to really make up some ground even took the lead at one point Um, they looked good defensively they were pressuring the ball it was what it was Russ Bazemore AD, I believe it was Rondo was on Dwight. There. Yes, and Dwight Howard. And they they were tremendous on the defensive end of the floor. You saw, like Frank Vogel had to start getting excited because he's such a defense first guy. You saw the flash right there of what they can be when they're really able to pressure on defense. Unfortunately, we just got that tiny, tiny burst of it. And then the rest of the game, we didn't see that. But Russ was part of that unit. And you could tell that he was feeding off the energy as well as providing energy. So again, there's a path forward here. Just wasn't pretty tonight. You know, it was only about four or five minutes, but I was extremely encouraged by those four or five minutes because it showed they can turn it on. And, you know, they're not going to play like that for 48 right. minutes. 
That's the type of defense they're going to play in crunch time the last few minutes of the fourth quarter and in the playoffs. But the fact that they already have that ability to turn that type of defense on, and we're talking a 14-0 run where they held the Suns to zero points over about four minutes. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's what it was. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're able to do that with being a new team and not only – it wasn't done by having elite defenders because there's nobody outside mm-hmm. of, say, Anthony Davis who is an elite defender. Or you could say Dwight Howard was is or was an elite defender. Definitely was. But uh, it was team defense. That's my point. It was team defense. They were scrambling. There was a lot of energy. And they made uh, the Suns uncomfortable. And that's what's, that's what's most important. I'm so encouraged by those four or five minutes of defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to hope that that's something that they can extrapolate out later on, especially during the regular season, once they're really locked in. But that was the first instance we'd seen of good basketball, frankly, especially on the defensive end of the floor so far in the preseason. So hopefully that's something that they can indeed build upon. Uh, We've got a comment coming in here, Super Chat. Thank you very much from uh, Captain Chevrolet. Said, based on current evidence, what's our record, you think, after 10 games, 20 games? I'm thinking around 4 and 6 after 10, but hopefully at 500 at 20. Am I being too pessimistic? So what are we thinking? Are the Lakers a 500 team after 10 games, or do you think they're going to continue to need time to gel to where we might even see a losing record in the beginning part of the season? That it's you know I going into before preseason I I would have told you yeah we'll probably be seven and three or eight and two. Uh-huh. Seeing these preseason games, it definitely gives me a little doubt. But at the same time, we will have LeBron James. Uh, but at the you know. The other side of that coin is LeBron isn't going to be the playoff LeBron on opening night. So we've got some tough games. We've got the Warriors. We've got the Suns. And then the schedule gets a little bit easier. So after 10 games, I'm going to be a little bit – I'm going to be optimistic uh, since we don't have uh, Matt the Optimist on the show right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be optimistic. optimistic. I'm going to say somewhere 6-4, and 7-3. I'm going to still – lean towards that. I think they're going to get it together. Somewhere Matt's ears are burning because you're bringing the optimism for him. Yeah, look, I I think you're right. I think ultimately, once the regular season starts, we're going to see the energy level pick up after 10 games. If they're if they're five and five after 10 games, I think I'm even okay with that. After 20, I think that's when they're going to really start to get their legs under them, get into a rhythm, and hopefully we'll see a winning record at that point. This is kind of funny. Speaking of Matt the Optimist, he just texted this to everybody in, in Lakers Nation. I had missed this. James Ennis, about 20 minutes ago, tweeted, I play defense, sign me already, LOL. The Lakers were rumored to be in pursuit of James Ennis. They had him come work out, and then they ultimately decided not to sign him. It sounds like he is still trying to get a spot on the Lakers, and obviously was paying attention to this game. You know, I was on board with you. Uh, I know you were a big fan of signing uh james uh-huh. Ennis for his ability to to you know stretch the floor and, and play defense and and you know i think he is a guy especially with trevor ariza going down for up to eight weeks uh he again he's a guy that we could use i don't think we needed a guard i like hbk i like what he's uh potentially going to bring to the table <laughs> i love it hbk uh, hillbilly kobe <laughs> No Billy Kobe. Uh, I like what he could potentially bring to the table, but I mean, this is a championship or bust team. Um, and I think James Ennis may have been the better way of mm. going, but 
you know, we'll see. Yeah, you know, and it's something where if the Lakers are really looking at their roster and they say, gosh, we really need another wing. I don't know if we can rely on Melo to play as many minutes as we're going to need him to with Trevor Ariza out. They do still have a 15th roster spot open. Uh, they didn't want to spend the money on it. They, there's, a, I mean, we're talking about $10 million in savings by just waiting until the buyout market to sign somebody. But if they really decide we need somebody right now that can play the wing position, Maybe they do go back to, to James Ennis. I don't think they're going to make that decision until we see them in the regular season and kind of see how that all, all that comes together. But, uh, I mean, that's possible. They do have a roster spot open, so you never know. Yeah, I think they're going to save that spot for Kevin Love. He's coming. Yeah. He's coming back home. You know, he's going to play. He's going to be on our team by the playoffs. Yeah, I saw, you know, there were some comments on Twitter tonight. People saying, gosh, I, I, a decent Kevin Love would look good on this team just in terms of floor spacing. And I, I agree. I think that I think he could provide something. He's not the guy he used to be, but it would not shock me at all if he's the guy on the buyout market that the Lakers wind up picking up. It just feels like everything's moving in that direction. Yeah, definitely. And and hopefully he'll have a Blake Griffin type of uh, year with us or half a year, whatever it ends up being, uh, where he comes back and, and you see flashes of who he used to be. And I think we will. I think you get him around veterans and better players. It's just going to elevate his game. And I, he just doesn't seem motivated to play in Cleveland right now with all the young guys there. And, and he knows that he's not in the long term plans of that team. So you know, I can't really blame him to be honest with you. And he wants to chase uh, championships. I'm sure at this point in his career, you know, or and um, he can do that on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But come home, UCLA guy. Come on back. Um, let's get into our first official segment of the night. Let's get into the Next Man Up Award. And we're working on producing some new graphics and everything for that, hopefully by the time the season starts up. But So we're just going to dive into it. The Next Man Up Award goes to the non-star players. So Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, not eligible for this one. Chat, if you're following us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, let me know who you think should get the Next Man Up Award for the night. But Scorpio, what are you thinking? Who should get the next man up from the Lakers' other guys tonight? Kent Bazemore. Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot speak enough about how impressed I was with Kent Bazemore tonight. This was the best game I've seen him in. Uh, in this preseason, he was he had he brought so much energy to both sides of the floor. He did exactly what we want him to do. He hit his threes and he played incredible defense. He had I don't know how many steals. It seemed to me I test two or three at least. Um, you know he put pressure on the ball. He put pressure on Chris Paul. I loved what he did. And if he can bring that night in night out, he makes a strong case for starting shooting guard or maybe small forward, whatever it's going to be. Agree 100%. I think we can give a shout out to Carmelo Anthony, five of seven from deep, 17 points, great performance from him. But I, I would have the exact same pick. Kent Bazemore made a difference on the defensive end of the floor. And when you're Frank Vogel and you're known around the NBA as being a defense first coach, that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to get you really excited, particularly on this team. We've seen a few weaker defenders. Wayne Ellington thought he had a better defensive performance tonight, but there's a lot of guys on this team that simply didn't have it defensively over the course of the preseason. Kent Bazemore, not the case. In fact, Frank Vogel said just recently that he has separated himself from everybody else in terms of defense. I liked what we saw out of him. Even stole the ball away from Chris Paul. Had four steals on the night, eight points. I do think Kent Bazemore, he's going to be the guy in the starting lineup, whether it's the two, whether it's the three. I also think there's a little bit of chemistry brewing between Russ and Bays where right now Russell Westbrook is looking to find Kent Bazemore 
for the corner three. He's looking for that outlet pass specifically. And Bazemore has shown he can knock him down. Two of five from night for uh, for the night. That's 40%. We'll certainly take that. So Kent Bazemore, absolutely worthy of getting the award tonight. The chat mostly agrees. A lot of people saying Bazemore should indeed be getting that. I saw a few mellow comments, and that's about it. Pretty much everybody is in on Kent Bazemore. Yeah, you know, I definitely credit to Carmelo Anthony, though. That was so much fun watching him. You know, I've been a fan of Melo for a long time. I, I wanted to see him in a Lakers jersey for many years. Uh, and so now we're finally getting it. And and I think the timing is perfect. This is the best case scenario. This is the team that we needed Carmelo Anthony on, more so than any other team we had. And for him to go in there and knock down his threes and and bring that energy. And you can just kind of tell the, the fans love it and the guy and the players love it. So you're going to need that type of energy, especially when we get in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I love it. it. It was great. He definitely gets an honorable mention or the second place next man up. But uh, yeah, again, I can't say enough about Kent Bazemore because of what he did on the defensive end. And he hit his threes. When you have a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, you need three and D guys. We got a lot of three guys. Yep. We don't have a lot of D guys. So he brought both and uh, kudos to him for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great performance from, from him just in terms of fitting that role. And that's what Vogel said. He said, we need those two things, defense and three-point shooting out of everybody else. And I think Kent Bazemore is the closest to bringing both of those things. Wayne Ellington, you look at him, brings the three, not defense. Malik Monk brings the three, not defense. You look at some of the bigs, right? Like say Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, in theory, bringing defense not threes. Kent Bazemore is uh, kind of a rarity, unfortunately, on this Lakers team that he can do both things. Uh, Timothy from YouTube with a super chat said, Lakers need to give Trevlin Queen a shot, to be honest. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? We saw him get a little bit of run at the end of the game. We saw him a little bit in Summer League as well. Pretty decent two guard. He's not the top of my list to get the two-way contract. The Lakers do have an open two-way spot, but what do you think about him? I don't dislike him but where, where do you stand you know i'm going to be completely honest with you i haven't had a chance to see too much mm -hmm. of him uh I, I didn't really see the last few moments of the game uh so he's going to have to be someone that i need to keep my eye on if lakers nation is is talking about him then i definitely have to uh do my research and look him up but you know it, it, all the talent we can get I, i'm a fan mm -hmm. of uh you know even if, with, if it's a two-way contract i would say guards aren't really what our need is right now but, um, you know, we're always, you know, always looking for talent. I was going to say, we're always looking for talent. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it is. We're always looking for talent. We're always looking for that next guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're looking for somebody that they can kind of, you know, pull an Alex Caruso with. Somebody that they can bring up from the G League, bring them along eventually. And then if they, you can get that player to the point where they can make an impact on your regular season roster, then you found gold. Especially if you're a team that's extremely top heavy with three stars taking up most of your cap space if you can bring somebody up through the g league so maybe it is him you know i i think most of these guys whether it's mac mcclung cam oliver uh maybe even Chandy brown like whether or not they get the two-way contract most of them i think are going to spend the bulk of the season in the g league uh joel ayayi we'll see does he hang on to that two-way contract something to keep an eye on but probably not guys that are really going to make a major impact during the regular season. Uh, but, you know, we were talking a lot about energy, the energy that Bazemore brought. We saw energy from Carmelo Anthony in terms of that scoring burst. The most disappointing part of the game for me, though, was the third quarter when the energy let down. Once the sun started to get rolling 
and they started to score a few buckets, I saw the Lakers defense really just plummet in terms of the energy the energy that they were putting in. Um, there was a group out there on the floor. Austin Reeves was part of it. Uh, Rondo was in there as well. That just wasn't doing a whole lot. They weren't putting forth the extra effort to get there. DeAndre Jordan, who we also need to talk about, was part of that group. What do you attribute that to? Is that just preseason? These are mostly veterans who who know that you're not going to burn yourself out in preseason play. Was that, or was that a, a cause for concern moving forward? In your opinion, I definitely think it, uh, it's at least a little bit of a cause con- con- uh, for concern because the problem I had with it is that it felt like they gave up. Yes, and maybe it was because it was preseason. Which okay, I can understand that you're down twenty plus. You're not going to expend all of your energy trying to make a big comeback in a preseason game. I can completely understand that. Uh, So hopefully that's all it was, but I don't like seeing the guys give up. I didn't like the posture. I didn't like how they were just letting guys come in, shoot floaters, shoot over them, Mm -hmm. anything they wanted, they had. And it was just... You know, it, it was it was frustrating to see, and that's kind of where I clocked out because it seemed like they clocked out. And hopefully, again, it was just a preseason thing, and, and we will not be seeing that in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, that's and you mentioned you clocked out, so I was watching most of the game with with family. We've got some family in town visiting, and they're Lakers fans, and they went to bed. They they said <laughs> they said, you know what. This isn't this isn't fun. We're just this is boring. We're gonna go to bed. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really blame you. That was that was concerning. Um, seeing them kind of just that that body language and see them not really put forth that effort. I don't think that's going to be a thing during the regular season, at least I hope not, but it was just such a stark contrast from the energy that we saw in the second quarter, where it was like, yes, finally, that's what we've been waiting for. That high pressure defense, guys flying all over the place, guys forcing turnovers, getting out on the break. This is fun basketball. And then a complete 180, and we saw that big letdown in the third. So it was uh, it was definitely a stark contrast and hopefully something that we don't see too much of. I did think one of the big culprits of that unit was DeAndre Jordan, where we saw him make a single effort and then kind of stop. And that's very different than, say, a Dwight Howard. What are your thoughts on on DeAndre Jordan at this point? I know a lot of Lakers fans right now are pretty down on him. You know, I liked the the DeAndre Jordan, Jordan signing even before we brought him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I heard he was going to be bought out or, or traded and bought out, I was uh, definitely a fan of bringing him in. I think it was a little bit of an um, a little bit of an over exaggeration to say that he's kind of washed and done and and can't really provide help on a on a championship level team i i I don't believe that at all i believe he could definitely bring it and and we've seen flashes of that in other games tonight was not his night uh dwight howard had a great night i thought dwight howard was really aggressive on defense he was even chasing guys on the perimeter which you know i love to see uh you know the effort and, you know, when you have Dwight and Anthony Davis on the floor, it's going to be hard to score at the basket. Uh, DeAndre's going to get better. You know, I, I, is he going to be a starter regularly? I don't know. We're still, you know, seeing different things mm-hmm. mess with the lineup, whether AD is going to start or DeAndre. I, I believe no matter what, Dwight's probably coming off the bench. But um, we, we'll, we're we going to need to see more of him. And, um, you know, I just, again, he was part of that unit that, that just gave up. And I did not like that, especially if you're trying to earn a starting yes. role or minutes in general, you know, you don't want your coach seeing that. And so that was disappointing to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? DeAndre Jordan, he's been getting rave reviews coming out of practice. 
Everybody has been talking about how good he looks in practice. We haven't seen it in games, though. So far in games, it looks like Dwight Howard is just the better player. Just flat out better than DeAndre Jordan. More effort, more of what the Lakers need out there. But Frank Vogel may be seeing something different in practice. So let's let's not write off DeAndre Jordan just yet. But so far, we haven't seen a lot to really say, okay, this could be a guy that could really play a role for the Lakers. We've seen more of, okay, maybe the Lakers are just going to have to rely on AD and Dwight in the middle and not turn to DeAndre Jordan so much. But we'll see how that looks come regular season. Uh, we have a comment coming in here. Gmade814, uh, super chat. Thank you. Said Skip is going to have a mouthful to say tomorrow morning. Hashtag trust the process. Well, that's a 76ers thing there. Trust the process. But, uh, you know, I don't pay much attention to Look, Skip. Skip makes a living off of trashing LeBron and by proxy the Lakers. That's just that's that's his shtick, right? So I'm not going to worry too much about that. But yes, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. Listen, Skip. No, um, <laughs> you know the Sixers have the Sixers have their own problems. We did a show in Philadelphia a week ago, and at some point throughout the uh, the show, the crowd started chanting "F Ben Simmons." So. Um, <laughs> There's definitely <laughs> some problems going on with the process, so uh, you know they need to work themselves out. That being said, I will not be watching Undisputed tomorrow. <laughs> I've kind of made up my mind after a few days that I probably won't watch Undisputed during the preseason because Skip is going to have a field day. He's been talking about how Russell Westbrook's not going to work, yep. how he's 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 not a championship player, and unfortunately, in the preseason. Russell Westbrook is proving him right. Uh, I do believe ultimately he's going to be proven wrong uh, and we will laugh last. But, you know, Skip's, Skip's going to be Skip. He's going to have a lot of fun right now. But, um, you know, he's also cheering for the wrong team. So we're going to be the ones having the fun in the end. That's right. There it is. Bring in the optimism. Um, I've got uh, Chidi Okunji from YouTube says, what if Westbrook continues to play like this midseason? What are our options? So if he's continuing to turn the ball over almost double digits on a night-to-night basis, which I don't see that happening. I don't think that's going to be the case. But if that does happen, what are the options? Uh, it's not like you can suddenly trade him, right? If, if he just completely flops and can't stop turning the ball over, he's making over $40 million. You're not going to have a trade asset there to make, make a move. Um, that's maybe the risk that the Lakers took when they, when they brought him in. But I also don't think they would give up on a player very quickly, even especially a player that we know is of the caliber of Russell Westbrook, or he can be when he's at his best. Um, I don't think they'd be making, they'd be making a move there mid season. Now, maybe you could say they would go out and look for pieces to surround him that maybe fit better if there's some fit concerns and things like that. But the Lakers don't have a whole lot of other moves to make aside from landing somebody on the buyout market, which they definitely will do. Uh, but it's not like they've got a bunch of trade assets to go throw into a deal at this point. I mean, to be completely blunt and honest, if he's doing this in the middle of the season and it's affecting the entire game, we are not going to win the championship and probably not get out of the West. Um, And they will not trade him because, you know, like you said, $40 million, that's going to be a hard contract to move. Um, And especially in the middle of the season, you know, just salary-wise, it's going to be hard to make that work. And hard to find a team that's going to take him. And that being said, also, I don't really see the Lakers getting a superstar of the caliber of Russell Westbrook, who is an L.A. guy, Mm -hmm. and uh, flipping him with uh, under a year. I just I don't see them doing that. They don't really make moves that way. 
Um, so, you know, we're going to have to see what happens with that. But however, not even being optimistic here, I, I'm being realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, there are going to be turnovers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to happen, but it's not going to be nine turnovers a night, seven, nine turnovers a night. Um, it's going to get better. Again, it's the preseason. These guys have only been playing together for at most a couple of weeks. It's just going to take time for them to learn how to read each other. I mean, there were moments where I would see Anthony Davis backing a defender down and Wayne Ellington completely wide open on the perimeter. And the same thing happened with THT mm-hmm. a few days ago. Um, they have to learn each other. They have to learn to look for each other. And they will. These guys are some of the best in the world. It's just going to take time. It's a brand new team. A brand new team. Yeah, I think that's one of the things we have to remember. You know, it's something that was um, – somebody hit me up about this uh, yesterday, I believe it was, said, well, yeah, they're struggling, but the 2019-2020 team, they didn't struggle at the beginning of the season. They came out of the gates firing. That just means we're not going to win a championship this year. And I think we have to remember, it's almost like we got spoiled by that 19-20 team. The 2019-20 team – what they did is not the norm. What they did is the outlier. Teams don't do that. Teams don't get thrown together, step onto the floor, and have instant chemistry the way that team did. It's just not. I mean, whether it's a championship team or not, they're not going to have yeah. that kind of instant chemistry. And that team did, and we were saying it a bunch at the time, don't expect this every single season, and yet people still look back on that team and say, oh, well, that's just what a championship team looks like, one that just steps on the floor and has instant chemistry. That's not the case. That's not the standard you want to hold them to. That team is very much an outlier. I think at the time I said you will probably never see this close-knit of a group again because it's such a rarity in the NBA. So don't make that the bar. Don't set that bar because you're probably going to be disappointed with every team because that team was so different than anything else we've seen. I couldn't agree more. There was just something special about that team and that year in general and everything that they went to that went through that only added to their bond. Uh, and, and that's why they were the last team standing. They, they were just, they had the best chemistry. They, they had the most heart. Um, you know, it was the Kobe year. It, it was, again, it was, it was just something special about that team. And, and we're not going to see that every year from anyone, not just the Lakers, from anyone. You're not going to throw together a team and have them click just like that. But, it, you know, it's, it just takes time. This team's going to take a little bit longer than others. You know, Westbrook is a different type of player. Mm-hmm. I can't stress it enough. He's, he's, the things that make him so special are the things that are going to be difficult in the beginning. So we just have to, you know, be patient. There's going to be times throughout the year when this happens too. You know, I don't want to make people think that I'm saying, you know, oh, come December, everything's going to be great. And, you know, he's going to have zero turnovers and we'll be blowing guys out of the gym. That's not going to happen. We're going to have games in March and, you know, beyond and before that where he's going to have a bad night. He's going to turn the ball over six, seven, eight, nine times. Uh, and we're going to lose, and we're going to be saying, "Ugh, we should have got Buddy healed," and yada yada yada. And well, I won't be saying that, but I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, it, it 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 happens. It happens. We just have to roll with punches. And I know we we mentioned this off air. Fingers crossed that the last preseason game doesn't feature Russell Westbrook looking terrible and Buddy healed looking incredible. <laughs> that would, <laughs> that would not be fun. I have a feeling the reactions on on here would be uh, probably not so reserved. <laughs> 
Yeah, Buddy Love drops 40 on us in a preseason game. Uh, I, I'm staying off the social media uh, for at least a day or two. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going on that show. I'm not <laughs> looking on Twitter. I'm ignoring it all. We're going to let that pass. That's probably a smart move there. Uh, my email from YouTube says, Trev, what do you think of our pace being slow, giving up so easily double uh, and down double digits? So I have not looked into the pace numbers just yet. Um, I'll have to go in and pull those stats, and I don't know if they have them for four games in at this point. But I do know that pace is, is one of the focal points for the Lakers this season. They want to play fast. They were 21st in pace last season. They want to play much faster this season. Frank Bogle said one of their goals is to be the best fast-break team in basketball, which is essentially what they were in the 2019-2020 season. So they want to get back to that. Um, I think, to me, the slower pace that we've seen is more a result of having so many guys in and out. And we do need to still talk about Taylor Horton Tucker and Malik Monk in just a bit here, but so many guys being in and out so much confusion in terms of who's doing what, who's throwing the outlet pass, who's getting out and running, uh, having some slower guys on the floor as well with Russell Westbrook when he's trying to push the pace. I think it's a little bit of that. That's kind of overall slowing them down. This is definitely not a scheme thing. The Lakers want to play fast. They just haven't quite put that together yet. Yeah, that's going to be something uh, also where the teammates are going to have to get used to playing with Russ and getting right into transition right off of a off mm -hmm. of a whether it be a rebound or off of a make from the other team. There was a, a moment a few days ago where uh, I believe it was the Warriors scored, and you know before you could blink, Russ was already running up the court and had got the ball to DeAndre for a dunk. I believe it was a lob. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself right there, you know, I, again, I said, there's an example right there. We're going to get a lot of easy buckets this year off of just Westbrook pushing the pace immediately as soon as that ball clears the net. Um, and, it, and if the guys can run with him, then they're going to get buckets. So that's, that's going to be part of the fast break. But I don't think we're going to be a, a, a necessarily a fast team. I think we're going to have fast moments because we have older players and because of the type of players we have, there is going to be some half court offense that's going to take place. Uh, and so there's just going to have to be that balance of pushing the ball in transition and strategically taking it up there and setting up plays and running your offense that way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're going to be for even the best fast break teams in the league. Their overall number of fast break opportunities is not a lot compared to their half court, but fast break play is just so much more valuable than half court play in terms of a, a points per possession basis that you just want to get as many opportunities as you can to get on run, particularly when you've got the guys who can do it. Russ can certainly do it. Who else on the Lakers can? We'll have to see how what that looks like. Um, two who we know can, Taylor Horton Tucker and Malik Monk, but both out due to injury already. And I know a lot of people around Lakers Nation were saying, oh my gosh, this is last season all over again. We've got a Trevor Ariza. He's out for eight weeks. Now you've got THT. He's being evaluated, dealing with a sprained thumb. Malik Monk strained groin. and they're hopeful at this point that he'll be able to play opening night. So that means his preseason is almost certainly over. Um, are you worried about that at all, about the injuries already creeping up uh, on this Lakers team? I, I feel like Lakers fans are especially sensitive to injuries based on what happened last season. Well, yeah, I believe we're all traumatized yes. after what happened. <laughs> we, you know, we've got PTSD off all the injuries that took place and ruined our season this past season. Um, that being said, I'm not worried about it. You know, one, better to have them now than later. Mm -hmm. And uh, two, you know, Malik Monk is 23, 24 years old. Uh, THT is 
20, 21. Um, obviously, Trevor Ariza is an older player, but um, you know these guys are going to bounce back. Um, and the depth that we have at guard, talking about Malik Monk and THT, who will go back, you know, between the two, three, even one sometimes. We, I think we're going to be okay. I, I'm, I have a lot of faith in Kendrick Nunn, uh, again, Baysmore, Wayne Ellington, the guys we have um, can carry the load while those guys are out. And we're not going to have to rush to have them back, you know, and, and get these guys back in the lineup because we just don't have people, you know, bodies to put on the floor. I think we're going to be okay. And uh, we'll be able to get them back healthy at a hundred percent. So they're not going to have problems later on in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's certainly the hope. And I mean, it's, it's a little ironic that everybody's been saying, right, this team's going to deal with injuries. They're so old, all this stuff. And it's two of the young guys that are two of the three first players to get hurt in THT and Malik Monk. But hopefully they come back, they're ready to, ready to roll, and everything is okay with them. I, I've got some people in the chat that are that are kind of pessimistic about, at this point saying, I don't even know if I can watch this team. Are you kidding? Right, look, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I think we need to make sure we remember it. Sorry, I... I have a, my background is in history, right? Like that's my, my degree is actually in history, right? So I tend to look at things from a big picture perspective. It wasn't that long ago that we were watching 17 win seasons. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about whether it's okay to root for ping pong balls or not. When we were watching Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell and praying that the next year's lottery pick was going to be the guy to bring the Lakers out of these dark times. Now you've got a team that has a chance if everything clicks to win a championship and we're three, now four preseason games in and people are saying, Oh, I don't know if I can, if I can watch this, it's going to be like last season all over again. Regardless, it's going to be a competitive team and it's going to be something that you're going to want to stick around for and watch. Because again, if everything does work right, a championship can come out of this. And we couldn't say that about the Lakers that long ago. And I was so proud of Lakers Nation seeing the, the numbers, the audience stay so, so high, even during, during those tough times. If we can make it through that, we can make it through some Russell Westbrook turnovers, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm used to the pessimism. Um, you know, you talk about the time that you were just talking about, you know, I remember Kendall Marshall as our point guard. Oh, yeah. People told me, <laughs> people told me then, they said, the Lakers aren't going to compete for a championship anytime soon. It's going to be maybe 10, 15 years. These are things that people literally said to me. And I said, nope, nope, nope. Give it time. We will be back. And if you remember going into the 2019-2020 season, there was a lot of pessimism. Yep. Uh, people said we weren't uh, we weren't a great team. We didn't have uh, we didn't have the correct pieces. There was all this front office, uh, you know, craziness you know we didn't have a coach at one point uh you know people didn't trust the front office people didn't trust rob palenka and uncle rob proved them wrong and uh this lakers team is going to prove them wrong again i have full faith i'm keeping receipts though i'm keeping a lot of receipts of everything like people it. are saying you know uh simmons saying that uh, lebron isn't on the level of of kevin durant and Giannis. i am keeping these receipts because <laughs> when they get proven wrong I'm going to be able to laugh and 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 say, hey, this is what you said on this date. I don't want you changing your mind now. So we'll, we will be laughing last. All right. I like it. We'll, we will publish those. Uh, somebody said from YouTube said, I need a lot of vodka. Look, I'm not saying that everything is going to be smooth sailing. There may be some rough nights where it, it takes a little bit of help to get through it, but that's okay. 
We'll get through it together. Uh, we've got a question here from uh, from my email from YouTube. It said, Trev Scorpio, what teams do you think are ahead of us in the Western Conference? So right now, who do you think who would you slot ahead of the Lakers in the West at this moment? Nobody, honestly. And and I might be being a homer when I say that, but I I truly believe this team is going to get it together. And when they do, I just don't see any other team beating them in a best of seven. The Suns were great. I don't believe, I don't have the faith in them that most people do. I believe they faced three teams in the West that were injured, and then they lost in the finals. Uh, Utah, I believe, got exposed in the playoffs. They they are a great regular season team. I don't think they're a playoff team. Uh, Denver, we have to see what they're going to do. The Clippers don't have Kawhi. We'll see if he's coming back, whether he's not coming back this season. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't see any team in the West beating this team in a best of seven. It's just it's it's not going to happen. They will get it together. Yeah, sure. If it happened right now, maybe. Uh, but even then, I. I if the playoffs were tomorrow, I would still bet on the Lakers in a best of seven. They will get it together. And that's that's the key. If we're talking right now, the teams that are the same from last season, and we're talking, well, Phoenix, obviously, Utah, right? These teams that were near the, at the top of the West last season, and they brought back pretty much the same squad. If they were to play now, they're probably going to beat the Lakers just because there's that familiarity that they've already got. Later on, though, come playoff time, the Lakers' ceiling is a lot higher. And like you said, Phoenix, I still think if Anthony Davis was healthy, Phoenix wasn't getting out of the first round. That's that's the way I've been. Look, Phoenix is a good team. Don't take anything away from them. They beat the teams that were in front of them, but they didn't have an answer for AD come playoff time until he got hurt. Then that series swung the other way. Um, I think Phoenix is good, but I think the Lakers, at their best, are going to be better. Utah has continued this narrative that they are good during the regular season. When they get to the playoffs and teams can zero in on what they do on the offensive end, they beat them. They get figured out. Um, the other teams in the West, you look at the Denver Nuggets, hey, it depends on what happens with, with Jamal Murray. That can be a good team, but they've got guys that are injured right now and are trying to come back. So I agree. I think based on ceiling, the Lakers are at the very top, but it may be a little bit rough going in the early season because of this lack of fami- familiarity, and it's going to take time for them to figure that out. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite segment of the night. Now, normally we call this the master lock of the night, where everybody gets to vent a little bit and say who it is that gets put in Chris Masters' finishing hold, the master lock. But tonight, Scorpio, since you're our guest here, this is going to be the Scorpion death lock of the night. Who is it that (laughs) deserves to be put in the Scorpion death lock chat? I want to hear from you guys. Who do you think should be in the in the Scorpion Deathlock tonight? Let us know. It can be a Laker if you want, I guess. We've yet to do a Laker so far this season, but it could be a Laker. It could be a Phoenix Sun. Uh, last time around, last time the Lakers played the Suns, it was Jay Crowder who got this one. So, Scorpio, who do, who do you have? Who's getting put in the Scorpion Deathlock tonight? So normally we don't do the Lakers, is what you say. We don't pick Lakers. We do. We do. We them. do sometimes. We do sometimes. But here's the here's the qualifier. Whenever we pick a Laker, it's always done out of love. We say putting them in that hold. It's going to loosen things up a little bit for them. It's going to wake them up, and then next game, next game, they're going to be better. Whereas if it's somebody from the other team, okay, we'll make it hurt a little bit. 
crank it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to be honest. I, I've defended him. Uh, so I'm, I got to put Russell Westbrook in it. Um, you know, I, I, again, I have defended him a lot tonight, but the reality is you're a superstar. You got to be better. You know, you've got to be better. It, I don't know if he's just forcing things a little bit too much, but he's got to look for his teammates and he's got to slow it down if, if needed. You know, again, it, it's the preseason, so I don't want to read too, too much into it, but seven to, or six turnovers the other night and um, nine turnovers tonight. You know, we're going the wrong direction. So a nice, light Scorpion Deathlock on Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Just, you know, I want to save, I want to hurt his back and his legs. I want to keep him a little bit fresh for the next game and say, listen, I love you, Russ. You know, I'm very, very happy you're here, Brody, but you got to be better. I, that was going to be my pick as well was Russ. And I hate it. I don't want to pick a Laker, but it's, you can't ignore nine turnovers, <laughs> nine turnovers in a game. That's certainly deserving. I suppose I've got, I've got some people saying still Jay Crowder, just because he's Jay Crowder. Okay, maybe an honor, honorable mention to Jay Crowder, but I think Russell Westbrook is indeed deserving of that one. And most of the chat does agree with uh, with that one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of people. Oh, I've got Rob Palenka for not signing James Ennis. People saw James Ennis's tweet out there, and uh, and they're talking about that. Yep, but I've got a how lot dare, of respect. How dare they? How dare they slander Uncle? That's Rob. right. <laughs> Uncle Rob is a saint. <laughs> oh i've got some people saying the referees there was nothing that happened tonight that i think i can blame on the referee sure there were some missed calls and things like that the russell westbrook you know goal 10 that wasn't called the goal 10 at the end of the the second quarter and then it led to a sun's three again where the lakers didn't get back in transition really gave up after that that play look the refs made some mistakes but the refs are in preseason form too there wasn't anything that would have changed the outcome of this game or anything or made the Lakers look particularly better or anything. I think a lot of what the Lakers are doing right now is self-inflicted. Yeah, I couldn't agree. We, we lost that game. You can't blame it on the referees. They weren't who were egregious. And even if they were, uh, you know, if those calls went the right way, it probably doesn't change the game. We lost by 40 <laughs> or whatever it was. So, you know, you give us a few of those calls. Okay. Now we lose by, you know, realistically, you know, 18 to 20 or whatever instead of 25 so it's fine you know we'll get it together i've got a lot of people that are are down on frank vogel right now and this tends to happen when a team is not living up to expectations the knee-jerk reaction is to look at the coach and say okay it must be something that the coach is doing um frank vogel has proven though in his two years with the lakers that he is one of the best defensive coaches in the nba i mean we saw it last year Right, We saw last year where the Lakers, they lost LeBron, lost AD, and they continued to be a top five defense in the NBA, which to me was an incredible accomplishment. Um, this season, the Lakers are really putting that to the test. They've brought in guys who aren't known as defenders, and they're asking Frank Vogel to turn them into a very solid defensive team. But people are getting frustrated with him already, and it's only preseason. But where are you at on Frank Vogel? The Lakers only gave him a one-year extension on his contract. Uh, so I don't know how much faith there is there. I don't know where to, where to fall on, on Vogel at this point. That's such a weird situation. Yeah. The one year extension. I don't really know what to make of that. Um, myself, I'm, I'm personally, I, I like Frank Vogel quite a bit. I love the defensive, uh, side that he brings out of each team he has. And I, and again, I think we're starting to see it with this team. And I, I believe that people are going to be surprised based off what I saw tonight. And again, it was a very, very small sample size. 
But this early, based off the, those possessions, that defense, I think this is going to be a very good defensive team, and it's going to surprise people. Um, and, and that has to come from Frank, Frank Vogel. Uh, but again, you know, the one-year extension, I, I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too hard on him, though. Frank Vogel's not the guy out there that's uh, turning the ball over. He's not running, play, you know, calling plays that turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lack of chemistry. It's a lack of of continuity the team's not used to playing together uh and so you can't blame frank for that i I think he's going to be part of the reason we are going to be such a good team so we'll be all right again i know i've said that over and over and over again but i i can't stress the lakers nation the fans so much it's and the haters can be say whatever they want but this is preseason um this is why you play these games so you can have nights like this and it not count towards your record if this is still happening a couple months from now regularly, then we can worry. Then we can look at the coach. Then we look mm-hmm. at West. We look at our, you know, LAARP. You know, maybe we are too old, whatever it is. Uh, but until then, we just have to sit back, relax, and, and just wait. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. In fact, that's what I was just thinking. If it's midway through the season and the Lakers are still struggling, Frank Vogel's seat might get a little bit hot. I don't think we're going to see a Mike Brown type situation where he's let go five games into the season. You're not going to see that happen. I know a lot of people have not been very high in Frank Vogel in general because he hasn't produced pretty offense, right? The last couple of seasons, we haven't seen a very pretty or consistent offense from the Lakers. And you see other teams have a lot more off ball movement and things like that. He's a defensive guy. We've heard already that the offensive principles are very different this season than what we've seen in seasons past. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what their offensive schemes are right now. There's a lot of pieces getting moved about, so it's hard to figure out exactly what they're going for in each possession. That's going to become more clear as the season goes on. But remember, they've got David Fisdale in now, and I know a lot of the offense is going to have his fingerprints on it as well, and so it's going to take a bit of an adjustment there. So I don't think, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the team, four preseason games in is not time to, to panic at this point. It's not time to freak out and say everything is bad. They're 0-4. There have been some bad minutes. Um, there's been some, some bad stretches of play that third quarter. Yeah, the lack of energy and effort, certainly concerning. And it's not like we can look at those things and just say, oh, they didn't even happen. But the reality is it's still preseason and they're going to have an opportunity to continue to grow. And for now, For now, we got to stay optimistic and assume that this stuff is going to change as the regular season gets going, minutes get normalized and all of that, because I think it's too early to start saying, let's get rid of this guy. That guy's never going to make it. Can we trade this player? It's way too small of a sample size to be there right now. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I don't think we're going to struggle on the offensive side of the ball uh, once they build that chemistry. There, There have been moments we've talked about where great shooters were left open. We're not going to see that long term. You know, they're going to learn each other. They're going to see, they're going to be able to see the floor. And there have been times where guys were hit uh, when they weren't ready. And, you know, when that happens enough, they're going to catch those reads. You know, Rondo had an incredible pass tonight that was, that was off mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't land where it needed to be. And, and Russ had some handoffs and even Bazemore had a, a beautiful handoff. Uh, I think once they build a little bit more chemistry and they have uh, time to play together, that's, again, all this team needs is time to play together, practice and time on the floor. Once they figure out the rotations and they figure out what their offensive identity is going to be, 
we're going to see them pounding the ball on the inside. We're going to see them hitting open teammates, uh, driving kicks, all the things that we're used to seeing from people like Russell Westbrook mm -hmm. and LeBron James. And those shots are going to start falling. It's just going to take some time. It's a little bit rough right now. I'll be honest, it's a lot bit rough right now, <laughs> and it's tough to watch. But um, it's going to be all right. They'll, they'll figure the offense out just like they have before. The, even the championship team, if you remember the early days of the bubble, those first few games in the bubble, oh, you looked at that and you're like, <laughs> that oh, was bad. oh, this team is, ugh. I was like, you know, I worried then. So, uh, you know, we've seen this before. We'll get it together. Yeah, that's very, very true. Those first few games in the bubble, especially after the Lakers, when they got into the bubble and they beat the Clippers, and they locked in the one seed. They just mailed it in. The, the remaining, whatever it was, eight games. And people started to worry, uh-oh, is this just who they are now? Like, are they really not that good? Because we hadn't seen them in four months. We saw them one game against the Clippers, and that was about all we had. Um, and then they kind of turned it on from there. And it turned out they just weren't going 100% during those games because they didn't have to. There is going to be some element of that here because they're veteran players. They're not going to pay a lot of attention to preseason. LeBron already said the other day, he gets nothing from preseason. So. If that's the mindset, maybe that's part of why we're seeing what we are right now. I'll also say this. You know, I put this out there on Twitter. I think it was either this morning or yesterday. I said that the Suns are the kind of team that you want to be playing right now, even though it's not pleasant. Because what's going to happen, the Suns are one of those teams offensively where they're going to recognize whenever your defense makes a mistake and they're going to punish you for it. And you don't want to get away with mistakes right now. You want to play a team that's going to expose all of your mistakes so they are glaringly obvious, so you go and fix them before the regular season starts. If the Lakers were playing somebody else, right? They're playing, they've played the Suns, they've played the Nets, they've played the Warriors, they've played some teams that have chemistry already built in. Like the Nets, yeah, they played a lot of their bench players, so maybe that one's out the door, but the Warriors had a lot of players that they've already had in their system. Same thing with the Suns, guys who are going to notice mistakes and take advantage of them. If the Lakers had played their games against the Orlando Magic, if they played their games against the Cavs, we'd probably feel a little bit better about them right now. But those teams aren't going to expose your weaknesses and force you to fix them before the regular season starts. So that's the kind of glasses half full approach to this. You played the one team that's probably the best at picking apart your weaknesses whenever you're a step off on the defensive end of the floor. And it can be uncomfortable when it's happening and you're getting your butt kicked, but in the long run, you're better off for it. That is a great point. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and, and one thing I, I do want to warn uh, the fans about is don't be surprised if we don't look too great opening night mm -hmm. either, uh, or even for those first few games. You know, traditionally, from what I've seen, LeBron kind of uses opening night as a preseason game. He's feeling things out still. You're not going to see me play off LeBron on opening night. Um, and it frustrates the hell out of me, <laughs> because especially since we played the Clippers a lot of opening nights. Yeah. Um, I want to see them come on, uh, I believe it's the second game of the year where they play the Suns. I want to see a revenge game, but we may not see that because they're still going to be figuring it out. Um, so again, you know, it sounds like a broken record. We're just going to have to be patient. I think they're really going to start ramping things up and we're going to see a glimpse of what this team is going to be come playoff time, probably around Christmas.
Yeah, that's probably, and just so happens that Christmas Day will be against the Nets, but um, who knows if, if Kyrie Irving will be there or not. I guess we'll have to wait to find out on that one. But yeah, it's going to take them some time to really get going and really figure out exactly where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are, and figure out how to play to win basketball games. That's going to take bit of time um all right oh here we've got a comment coming in saying the scorpion king knows his stuff gotta like that gotta like well, that gotta love dwayne johnson he does know his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, i appreciate it. that's a good one i i appreciate the uh the comment that's right um all right guys let's do one more then we'll uh and then we'll call it a night here you know what? Let's let's do this. So somebody just asked, "Who is this Scorpio guy?" So, what, to anybody who doesn't know you at this point, why, can, why don't you explain to everybody what who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, again, my name is Scorpio Sky. I'm a professional wrestler with uh, a company called AEW All Elite Wrestling. We have a show every Wednesday night on TNT uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we have a show on Friday nights uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern, also on TNT. Actually, this Friday, I'll be wrestling Chris Jericho, uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager. My tag team partner will be Ethan Page and former UFC heavyweight champion, Junior Dos Santos. Uh, I'm also a friend of Chris Masters. We, we've known each other for a number of years through the wrestling business. Uh, so anybody, please check me out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Scorpio Sky. Uh, most importantly, though, I am a lifelong, diehard L.A. Lakers fan and a huge Kobe guy. So um, that's that's what really brings us all here. You know, we all love the Lakers. Uh, we are all diehard Lakers. Uh, we bleed purple and gold, and we just want to see our team win. That's right. Your Your picture on social media is you in the ring with your Kobe jersey. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, that was taken the first, you know, obviously – Kobe tragically passed on a Sunday. We had a show in Cleveland that Wednesday. And so, you know, I grabbed, I was in a six man that night. I grabbed the guys. I said, Hey, we got to come out. I have three Kobe's jerseys. We have to come out wearing Kobe jerseys. And so that's what we did. And someone, uh, one of the photographers caught a great photo of it. And it's been my, uh, it's been my profile picture on all my social ever since January, uh, you know, 2020. And so, you know, not to bring the moment down, but Kobe was obviously a hero of mine. I bring a lot of his teachings and uh, his quotes to my everyday life and especially to my career in professional wrestling. And he's helped me through some tough times. And so, uh, you know, Mamba out, Mamba forever. And uh, we, you know, we'll always carry him with us. That's awesome. I didn't know that was the, the history behind that, uh, that photo. That's very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see here. Let me finish with this question because I think this is a good one. Kyle Roberts from YouTube, the Super Chat. Thank you, said. I feel like Ellington is going to make it every time he shoots, but I'm worried about Ellington. May Did he get the Lakers field goal percentage drop curse? Um, so Ellington was three for 13. I looked this up heading into the game. Three for 13 from three. Uh, heading into the night and shot one for five from three tonight. So that puts him at what four for 19. He shot 42% from three last season. I'm going to, you guys know what I'm going to say, small sample size, but there is this weird thing where like really good shooters, they put on that Lakers Jersey and their percentage drops like five to 10%. I don't, is, is this a curse? Like how worried should we be about Ellington right now? <laughs> 
I don't know if we should be worried, but uh, look, he is a great shooter, but there's a reason why Buddy Heald makes what he makes and Wayne Ellington makes what he makes. I'm talking about as a salary. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's just, there's differences. He may not knock it down 45% uh, every night. Um, I think a lot of it is going to depend on his looks and it's early too. You know, again, he's, he's working his way back in and he's getting his legs under him and that sort of thing. I think there's going to be some nights where we're, where it looks like Wayne Ellington can't miss. And there's going to be some nights where it looks like he can't make any shots. You know, maybe he's going to be our new uh, KCP. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not too worried about him. I think, you know, when we hit him, uh, when he's open, when he's ready and, and, the biggest thing I really want to see from him is for him to fire away yeah. right as on right on that catch. There have been a few times where he he caught the ball and he hesitated for a moment and the defender closed out on him. I really want to see him just catching and firing away right away. And uh, if he can get back to that, then I think his percentage is going to go back up. Hopefully, it will not be the Lakers curse that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I believe he's going to make him. He's just he's got to take him in order to make him, and that's going to take some time. Uh, you know what? They say about shooters, they always believe their next shot is going in. So hopefully we will see well, uh, Wayne Ellington come around. You guys know one of my favorite phrases, regression to the mean. Look, if that hits Wayne Ellington, that means we're going to see a stretch of like four or five games where he shoots a ridiculously high percentage from three in order to average things out. So that could be coming. He's a very good shooter. He's got a long career of proving that. So let's trust in that and not assume that this curse thing is indeed real until we get a little ways into the season. Then maybe we can re revisit that. But everybody, I thank you guys for uh, for joining us tonight, whether you came in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. If you're listening to the podcast version of this after the fact, you as well appreciate everybody watching and listening to us. Scorpio, thanks so much for coming on here, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. I, I, I like, again, I listen to you guys all the time. And make sure you guys subscribe. I, I'm not joking when I tell you, especially during free agency, the, I subscribed to Lakers Nation. And the moment these videos popped up, I was like, I could not open my phone fast enough. So I got all my information from right here on Lakers Nation and your front office show, which is a great, great show. So people should subscribe to that, too. And uh, thank you to Lakers Nation. Thank you, Lakers fans. And... Um, we're coming back. Lakers in five. I like it. I like it. Well, hey, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. See ya and stay safe.